name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. And in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, done. What do you think? That was a breath. That was a functional, well-timed breath for the human being. Okay? So you just can do that. Practice that. Okay? But very light and very quiet. A very easy, light breath. In for four seconds, out for six. Kind of hippie, huh? On that note... I was driving down to work uh, last week and saw a truck that had the word ohm, as in ohm, like that whole rigmarole. Uh, it was for a business. Now, I left the business to the end of the story. So first, the company's name is ohm. Okay. You might have some ideas in your head. Huh. He did say truck. That's kind of confusing. That's a little... Con- ohm construction. Ohm construction. The logo, one of those little Sanskrit you know, thingamajigs for ohm. This guy, ohm construction. I don't even want to know. I don't even want my contractor to know the word ohm. Like that's, I don't want them to, that is not, you cannot have ohm construction. I checked, by the way, I checked his logs. It's public record. He's never finished one project. He's never finished. And here's the thing. They all look good, but there's nothing inside. Like the, the outs, like the veneer looks really good. And that, that I will give them, but there's never anything done inside. Isn't that weird? Correlation or causation, I don't know. And I was thinking like, it'd be as bad as like namaste auto repair. Like just not just not productive. Not those things, keep those things separate, guys. Ohm construction. I'll never hire you ohm construction. Here's who I would hire. You want to know why? Uh, right wing nut job construction. I'd be like, done. You're going to get that shit done. I won't agree with you politically, but we can get that. We can get moving. You're going to build my hutch. Letitia James is the um, attorney that um, brought up charges against the Trump family. And whatever you feel on whatever side of that thing, this isn't politics, by the way, because criminality is is apolitical. In my opinion, anyways, she, I watched the clip of her announcing the uh, charges. Oh, that woman, my God, I was riveted. I couldn't keep my, I couldn't take my eyes off her. She has this kind of, almost eerie it's like a little bit eerie like a powerful calm that scared the living daylights out of me and she the when when she would say and i would just move up in my seat like an inch and a half she'd go uh you know not correctly assessing his finances and then she'd go and and i'd go holy crap what what letitia what can i let go of my armchairs it was just brutal have you guys if you haven't watched the clips you've got to watch the clip she is she should be a public speaker I mean, I would, I would listen and do anything that she said, anything and, oh, oh, that's a powerful and. So, you know, listen, I promise this is my word. I'm not going to totally promise, but this would be, this may be the last time I talk about American sign language. Okay. I'm excited because I like it and I'm doing the course. If you haven't joined, if you have this, if you knew the podcast, I I entered an American sign language course. Okay. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about this. Except I have to this time, and here's why. This will this might blow your mind. There was a couple, cute couple that just got married, and they did this like wellness package at the resort. So I was teaching nutrition and cooking, 
I teach the nutrition class and I make small talk and I find out that they're both, they work with, work with like special needs kids and stuff like that. And, and more of like in the social work sort of way and, and psychology and sociology, that whole thing. But then in the second class, the cooking one, I was like, how'd you guys meet? This is not a joke. They met because wait for it. They both majored in American sign language. They may, and I said, do you use it? And they said, oh yeah, because of the special needs kids that we work with, they, a lot of them don't have language skills. Like they can, they can communicate with a, like a computer keyboard, but we're trying to teach them just to be able to speak with their hands in this way. And I was like, holy, I mean, tell me that's not weird. Tell me that it's not weird. I started American Sign Language course not a few weeks ago, and this couple majored in American Sign Language. I was so a flutter. I almost got into, I almost didn't even get anything done. And by the way, I'm not woo-woo. Like I don't do the whole universe is, but that was a little bit weird. And I spent the rest of the day non-voluntary, by the way, speaking like a hippie. I was like, hey man, what's going on? You guys, you're awesome. Like the whole day. And everybody was annoyed because I'm usually not like that. I mean, I was like, I called, you know, I called to get a job, Ohm Construction. I was like, hey man, are you hiring, man? Because... There's some weird shit going on with the universe. ASL. How is that how is that not weird? That's weird, right? Okay. I'm glad we agree. Um I don't play chess. I have played chess. I'm not good at chess. Here's how many moves I can think ahead. One move. I can think one move ahead. That makes me a, not a very good chess player. I am not a strategy that is not my back. But I caught wind of the tr- of the um the kerfuffle that's happening in the chess world. There's an accusation of, of cheating. By the way, it's a 19-year-old guy who cheated on online chess, chess.com, to up his ranking. But you can't cheat when you're at a face-to-face. I was like, how did that guy cheat? Like, does he have a, like a piece up his sleeve? Because that would be amazing. No, he just was accused of cheating like a few years before and, when he, and also when he was 12. And it's a big thing. And so he was in a, he was in a, a tournament a game with Magnus Carlsen, who's like, you know, the number one chess master in the world. And Magnus quit the game after one move. He, he, he just walked away and turned his camera off. And what's hilarious about it is just, this is an actual quote. This is from a grandmaster named Maurice Ashley. He told NPR, quote, the implications of this are, wait for it, horrifying. That's the word he, the implications of this are horrifying. It's horrifying that Carlson would just get up from the, the horrifying. I mean, definitely gets my hyperbole of the week award. That's not horrifying. It's nerdy and unprofessional at best. This is going to um, rock your world, this segue. Grams versus calories. Okay, so I'm getting into a little nitty gritty here because it pisses me off when it, the whole protein thing keeps coming up. I just, I, I feel... I feel like with the the people that just the small tight uh, is how I would flatteringly put it, group of people that listen to this podcast, that you guys would do your jobs and get out there and educate enough people that I never have to even hear the word protein again because it's exhausting. Um, there is more more protein in spinach than there is in, in beef. So, okay, so good. Okay, good. Oh, no, 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 they're not said because I looked at the labels. Well, you might have been misled. And here's why, because there's a lot of misleading shit on labels. So I'm going to explain something right now, but then you can do the math yourself. 
The way that 2% milk gets to the 2% number, which is fairly random when you actually do the math, and I'll, I'll be clear when I say this. What I'm going to talk about right now is not a nutrition issue so much as it is a math issue. It is a it is playing with mathematics in a way that is factually incorrect. It's not an interpretive science mathematics. It's like, here's the math on this and you can do this, but you can't do that. Okay. When you are measuring the amount of calories in something or a percentage of calories, let's say, is what I should say more correctly because what, of what I'm going to get to. The percentage of calories, it is calories. Because when you're talking about health, nutrition, it's about the calories. How, what percentage of your calories is coming from healthy food? What percentage of your calories is coming from carbohydrate? Whatever you want to look at, it's calories. It doesn't matter what something weighs on a scale or how big it looks in your bowl. We, we tend to both, it's just individual people say, I eat a ton of XYZ. And we are judging that by the look of it on the plate but not by the calories. So when we go by the calories, uh, sometimes a very different picture emerges because calorically, something that looks big doesn't mean that it has way more calories than something little. It could, but it doesn't mean that. Those things are separate things. So there's spatial, physical, and then there's caloric yield. So again, head of lettuce, very big. Let's lots of, whoa, it's a whole, if you told your friends, I eat a head of lettuce, they'd go, oh my God, head of, great. Well, head of romaine is about 40 calories. So it looks like a lot. And in your big bowl, if you ever saw my, this is a freaking salad video, it's a overhead of, it's a head of lettuce. That's, that's because calorically, it's not that much. You have to eat bigger quantities of what I call heavy box foods to get enough calories um, and to tip the scale in your favor health-wise. You can't just have this little cute little side salad and say, I eat a ton of salad. No, you don't. And do it or don't do it. But I'm just saying, you don't eat a ton of salad if you have you know, uh, even a head of lettuce per day. You don't have a ton of lettuce every day. You don't. You have a, It looks like a lot, but that's, you know, that's because of the fiber in the water, not because of the caloric yield of that. Is it great for you? Of course it's great for you. Is it good enough for you to tip the scale if you're also eating... Uh, Big Macs and French fries, but you're having that head of lettuce. No, that is not going to upset the uh, scale in your favor. Okay. When I used to eat McDonald's, I would eat a a Big Mac, six piece chicken McNugget, large fries, and a Coke, and 1,600 calories. 1,600 calories. That's 40 heads of lettuce. So if you look at the difference in size, it's it's a different ballgame. Okay. So now back to the spinach and beef. Okay. So in my class, I do the math on what is called, not my words, 30% lean ground beef. That's what it says, 30% lean ground beef. And you can look at this in the market if you want, okay? Uh, If you're paleo, you're probably going to buy this because that's what cave people bought. They bought beef in cellophane from Safeway. That's what cave people bought. It's exactly what they ate was factory farmed beef in cellophane and they just moseyed into Safeway. They did not expend a lot of energy to get their food back then. It was very easy. They drove, parked, walked 50 feet, bought the huge thing of beef, and got back in the car and drove home. And then they turned on old episodes of Rested Development. That's what they did. That's the paleo diet. That is exactly the paleo diet, okay? I know there's a lot of misinterpretations about that, but that's what it was. On the label of 30% lean ground beef, it says... Well, it says 30% lean. So you're thinking, well, this is fantastic, Sid. I have heart issues. And so 30% lean is fantastic. 
because I want to keep my fat at 30% or less. Now, when you're told, if you're told 30% or less of fat, first of all, it's too high in my opinion, but that's my opinion. But either way, it is 30% of calories. It isn't anything else. It's like keep, keep your diet in, in about the 30% or less of fat. I would say 10% or less. That's just me. Okay. Or not just me, but you know, it's just me. Now, the way they got that, that 30% lean ground beef, which is would be stellar if 30% of its calories came from fat because the other 70 would come from protein. And boy, that'd be a high protein. That'd be monumental. 70% protein, 30% fat. That's amazing because there's no carbohydrate in beef. So there's only protein and fat, certain percentages. And, and in this case, 30% lean would imply you know, way more protein. Okay, so um, how, how they do it. Well, they did it by, if you look at the label, in this case that I use in my class, they took a pound of beef, which is 453.6 grams. That's on a scale. They took a hunk of beef and they cut it, made it weigh 100, 453.6 grams. Then they physically cut the fat out of it and weighed that. That was 136 grams. So by doing the math, they did, okay, well, if, if of this whole beef, 130, uh, that's 453 grams, 136 of it is fat. Let's divide 136 by 453. Lo and behold, 30%. Sounds like low fat to me, 30% by gum. The problem is, is that that's all weight and that's not relevant. So the only relevant thing would say, okay, well that 30% lean ground beef by weight, what is that by calorie? Cause that's, that'd be interesting for me to know. So you have to convert the grams of the fat to calories and the overall grams to calories, the overall grams, by the way, don't write this down, but they're just 1,506. That's the overall calories. When you convert the fat to calories, you take 136 grams and you multiply it by nine because in the world of nutrition, there are nine calories, in the world of food, there are nine calories per gram of fat, nine calories per gram. By the way, incidentally, carbohydrate and protein, both four calories per gram. So nine, fat's a, a calorie bomb. That's why olive oil or any oil, <coughs> aside from your junk food, is also super high in calories. So is butter, like whey caloric, nine calories per gram. So you take that 103, 136 grams of fat and you multiply it by nine and you get a number that I call 1224. Um, then you take, now you got calories. Okay, now you're in the world of calories. And you go, okay, great, calories. I'm calories to calories. I can do the math. I can't do grams to calories. I have to have the variables the same. I can either do gram to gram, which is what they did to get the 30%, or I can convert to calories and go calories to calories. Here we go, ready? That 30% lean ground beef is 81, 81% fat, 81% fat. If you're eating calories of substance of this supposed lean ground beef, you're on an 81% fat diet. Okay, that means 19% of that same lean ground beef is from protein, 19%. Now we call it protein, best marketing campaign in the history of our species, as I say. We call it, we refer to, what am I gonna, for my, what am I gonna eat from my protein? It's 19% protein, it's 81% fat. Why we call it protein and not what is 81% of it is amazing marketing, but it's not relevant or should I say common sense or should I say fair spinach on the other hand when you convert to calories to calories 50% protein 50% protein versus 19% of lean ground beef 50% protein now people when they learn from me or work with me not really when they work with me but when in a class they might get the sense that I'm anti-protein I'm not at all. Why would I be? That's ridiculous. Of course we need protein. Good Lord. We, it's like the, it's like in everything we need, we need, we need it. 
first of all, we need way less than what we're taking in by diet. That's true. Our body, human bodies recycle a very good amount of protein. Look it up. It's true. Never talked about. But because we're very efficient recyclers of protein, we don't need to take in a whole bunch of dietary. We need some, but not a whole bunch. Okay. But if I were anti-protein, I'd say don't eat, by the way, don't eat spinach. Good Lord, don't eat spinach. I mean, kale, super high in protein. Broccoli, super high in protein. I mean, nuts and seeds, pretty obvious. Just because they're so high in calories, you're going to get enough grams back to weight of protein, but still they're usually more fat than they are, but I don't want to get into that. But whole grains and beans, massive. Do I have to combine? No, you don't. That was debunked 50 years ago. Can we let that go? Can we let the combining thing go? Eat whole plants. They're all packed with protein, even fruit, and don't sweat it anymore. But don't talk to me about what you're going to eat for your protein because spinach blows that away by far and less uh, inflammatory because of the amino acid makeup. Yeah, I said it. Controversial? Mm. Now, if Letitia James said all the things I just said, you would change your diet overnight. You'd be like, and? Letitia, you got to take it easy. My heart can't take it. Um, I was texting with Aaron Stuber and Jackson Long. If you don't know who they, they are, they had a podcast for a while that I enjoyed called Thought for Food. We're buddies. We've become, we become friends over the years, and, and um, they do their own thing now, but they're still good friends. And we get together on Zoom periodically. We're all writing books, and we're all doing this and that, and we kind of check in with each other. Anyways, we were texting, and out of the blue, and this is related to the calories versus grams things so I'll tell you in a second. Uh, Aaron just busted out. He's a nurse busted out two pictures of of somebody's legs and feet with severe diabetes with no warning with no warning he just it just it wasn't even like check out these photos it was like like they just showed up in my text and i was like good good god it was a horror film and i was like what is he goes this is the tough part about diabetes i was like that's fine but how, here's the tough part about texting and not giving us fair warning that you're texting something that's going to make me throw up in my mouth for crying out loud the tragedy about that, of course, is such an easy fix. Such an easy fix. What you got to do is watch your carbohydrates. What? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. There's a carbohydrate theory of diabetes. Also wrong. Also debunked. It's not about carbohydrates. If it were, I'd have diabetes and I'd have it, I would have had it for many years because I've been on a very high carbohydrate diet for many, many years. It is too much fat and too much protein. That is what inhibits Insulin's ability to do its damn job. It's not a carbohydrate problem, even though we're pricking our fingers to talk about blood sugar. Insulin is the issue. Diabetes is an insulin problem, not a sugar problem. If it were a sugar problem, my high sugar diet would get me into big trouble, but it doesn't. Everything's fine. Fasting glucose, A1C, all those things, no problem. No problem at all. Okay, so get over that crap. If you're talking about added sugar, of course that's junk food. Why would I? Of course. And so is oil and so is protein powder. But if you're talking about healthy carbohydrates in fruit, you're not going to get diabetes if you eat a bunch of fruit and keep your overall fat and protein low. You're not going to get it. So we could reverse these things, but they're not getting told that and their legs are are so disgusting that I it's I can't even tell you. It's so dis- it was I was like what am I it would look like a butcher. It looked like a it looked like a scene from a butcher. I'm going to Asheville in about a week. Mm. So if you're there around October 2nd of 2022, you stop on by the Asheville Fest over there. Say hi to your pal, Sid. Just say hi over there. Okay. Just just stop by and say hi. Thank you, everybody. Uh, 
that supports me. I got another Patreoner. This is the universe too. Like I'm about to speak hippie again from Norway. Are you kidding? Why is it that Norway just keeps beckoning me? Why does Norway keep going? You got to, I can't do a Norwegian accent. I don't even know what it is. I know that I love the country and I know that I may move there. Norwegian, Norwegian, send him a, send him a t-shirt, send him a nutty nut nut shirt. Uh, shipping on that, by the way, more than like, uh, like months and months of Patreon. I got to do the math on the, on the, uh, shipping. Good Lord. I don't know what happened there. The U S postal service is charging an arm and a leg, not a diabetic arm and a leg. Thank God. Mm. I'm having a Woodford reserve, something or other bourbon. Really good. Have a little sipper. It's my Saturday. Can you lay off? By the way, bourbon, low fat. So (laughs) the title of this episode is called the puberty predicament. This is related to the high fat, high protein thing that I'm talking about. But in a broader context, what I'm talking about is the is the reality that there are things that are normal in society, but that aren't normal for our species. Or if you want to flip that bad boy right around around, normal for our species, abnormal in society. For instance, um, back to the beginning one, you know, high protein diets, normal, right? Normal, but not normal for our species, not, not part of our design. There are things that we are in conflict about in the world. Social media is normal for our species, but I'm sorry, normal for society, but not normal for our species, for instance. Okay. So the more we can sort of harkens back to my book, Approaching the Natural, which is the more we can, to to a degree that we can resolve these conflicts between what is normal for us as a species and what we're doing in the world, when we can bring those two a little closer together, we do better. Obviously, we can't go all the way, but we can do a lot better than we're doing. Where the puberty predicament comes in is, is this is a weird thing, and I don't want to get too uh, specific in terms of what happened in my own life, but it does feed into what I'm going to talk about, which is if you are feeding children healthy diets, now I'm going to say healthy diets, this is where I come from, predominantly calories from whole plants. Does it have to be 100%? Of course not. But all the blue zones are 100% plant. No, they're not. None of the blue zones are 100% plant-based. But the blue zones are salt, oil, sugar-free. No, the, the, none of them are salt, oil, sugar-free. But the blue zones don't drink. They all drink. They all drink. Can you just shut the... shut? Okay, so... But they're mostly whole plants. Okay, so most of your calories from whole plants. If you are feeding your children a diet of mostly whole plants, there is a good chance, and it involves stress in general, so I'm going to just say there's a good chance, but it's not a you know slam dunk. Or home run. I can go, I can go forever on this one. Hole in one. Uh, there's a good chance that you are going to set them up for a proper age of puberty. Now, what I mean by that is a normal puberty age for our species, but definitely not normal with regard to what is happening in the world. Girls in this country are menstruating at age eight and nine. The average is down, I think around 11. That's insane. And you think that's normal, but that's normal. No, it's not. It's normal societally because we're on high fat, high protein diets because it's true and junk food and environmental issues too. Yes, but high high fat, high protein is brutal on the gut bacteria, brutal on the hormone. It kicks our boys and girls into puberty too early. It's too much. It's too stressful on the body and the body kicks into gear. It's not a good thing. 
So we have adopted this idea of like, look how fast he's growing. Oh my gosh. He's six feet and he's 12. That's a, you're what a big boy. That's not a good thing. We are not a fast maturing species. 14, 15, 16, that's kind of the pocket. But what's interesting about this as a parent, and if you're a parent out there and you're, you know, in this kind of world, you'll see, but my children are, have, they've done that. They've been late, but see, here's the thing. It's not late. They've been normal, but it's seen as late. Oh, late bloomer. No, no, normal bloomer. But the predicament is that the maturity physically of other kids throws them there's some stress associated. Like I'm just trying to skirt around this issue because I don't want to get too specific. But like when you're a 10 year old girl and your friend's 10 and has a bra and you go, why am I not normal? I go, you are, that's not. And it's such a weird predicament to be in as a parent who I am trying to, my wife too, delay puberty into the healthy realm. Because what happens when you move that up it's like you know we love the speed everything fast in the in the modern world but when you actually can push it off to its healthy realm you are decreasing the chances of hormone-based cancers like breast cancer prostate cancer for them later probably long after i'm gone but there it's a um health benefit there there is a health benefit to maturing at the proper speed it's actually a good thing for us but it's a societal predicament because mo- like, by the way, there's a societal predicament to being plant-based in a world that eats meat because, you know, a thousand times I've been at a party eating food that I want to eat, not talking about food because I never want to talk about food socially. And I have to freaking get into a conversation about it because somebody is threatened by the fact that I don't have chicken on my plate and they have it on theirs. I'm, I don't bring it up and they do. Good Lord. Go look, go deal with that between you and your therapist and then come back to the party and have a beer with me for crying out loud. So there's predicaments a foot when you are behave one is behaving more normal to the species but that that reality is at odds with societal norms and again nutritionally that's totally for sure being vegan in a non-vegan world is a brutal i've talked about it a lot of times i love it wouldn't change it wouldn't change a thing but i definitely am aware and uh, acknowledge the difficulty there's no doubt about that But the puberty predicament was an unforeseen one by my wife and me because we didn't see it coming. We thought, oh, good. If we feed him this way, maybe they'll kick him down, kick the can down the road and get, and it is, it's working. It's phenomenal. But there's some making fun of for not being tall, that kind of shit. And it's just chapping my hide a little bit. So a little bit of my personal stuff coming out because it's not just me, obviously. It's people who are raising kids, not normally, but normally, you know what I'm saying? Not normally society, totally normally species. And our kids maturing at a nice pace, a nice level, a nice slow, easy, easy breezy. But then setting that against this sort of way too mature physically, way too early. And that, and that furthermore, that's seen as a good thing. And it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing on any level. A girl menstruating at nine, age nine is not a good thing at, on any level. I'm sorry, but it's true. And we have to then say, we got to watch our carbs. I'm not feeding my kid fruit because I'm worried about the sugar. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? So that's what I'm talking. That's what I wanted to talk about today. 
that understand the the difficulty, understand the struggle, understand then also the supreme importance of a strong center, of strengthening your center. Because when you make that foray into a norm for the species and are set against norm for the society, you're going to be up against that almost on a daily basis because you are perceived by some as a threat because of what they know deep down they're doing or not doing. And by others, you're, you are perceived to be abnormal when in fact, you're doing the most normal thing you can do. If I lived on Phillips Avenue, things would be presented so simply and I lived on Phillips Avenue I wouldn't have to beg for an unraveling If I lived on Phillips Avenue I'd walk around with a wall around me I'd be blind and deaf and dumb at most things I'd see more clearly than I've ever seen And if I were you Maybe this would be untrue And maybe problems last so deep That they cannot be That they cannot be 
Phillips Avenue 